Section 21 of Kentucky's Famous Feuds and Tragedies by Charles G. Mutzenberg. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Kentucky's Famous Feuds and Tragedies by Charles G. Mutzenberg. Section 21. The French Eversole War. Part 4. The governor answered in rather caustic manner. Governor Buckner's Reply. Executive Department, Frankfurt, November 27, 1888. Honorable H. C. Lilly, Judge, Irvine, Kentucky. Dear Sir, I have the honor to acknowledge the receipt of your communication of the 13th instant from Hazard, Perry County, in which you say, Mr. B. F. French is here with fifteen or perhaps more men, well armed, and the people are so much alarmed fearing that they will be left to the mercy of those men, that I have decided that I will take the responsibility upon myself to order the Perry Guards on duty, hoping that you will approve my action and order them on duty, and let their pay begin on the 17th instant. At the time I received your communication, I was in communication with the sheriff of Perry County. I inferred from his statements that there was no immediate danger of an outbreak or opposition to the civil authorities, and second, that but slight effort had been made by him to arrest violators of the law. Your own statement does not inform me of anything more than a vague apprehension in the public mind, and does not advise me that the civil authorities cannot suppress any attempts at disturbance by employing the usual force of civil government. I assume that if danger had been imminent, both you and the sheriff would have remained on the ground. The object of furnishing troops on your application was to protect the court in the discharge of its duties, and not to supersede the civil authorities by a military force. Under the circumstances, I do not feel authorized to call the local militia into active service. Respectfully, your obedient servant, S. B. Buckner. The letter of Judge Lilly is significant as an admission of the cowardice of the entire population. He says, Mr. B. F. French is here with fifteen, or perhaps more men, well armed, and the people are so much alarmed fearing that they will be left to the mercy of those men and so on. Had Judge Lilly been correctly informed? If so, what had become of the boasted bravery of Kentucky mountaineers that the manhood of an entire county, containing many thousand inhabitants, should shiver and tremble like frightened sheep, and tamely submit to the intimidations of a band of fifteen, or perhaps more, men? Was it possible, in this land of the free and the brave, the proportion of brave men stood fifteen to one thousand cowards? Oh, no! The authorities had simply never put the law-abiding, the true citizen element, in a position to show its mettle. It had never been given a proper test. The attempt to restore order had not been made at all. If it had, it would have succeeded. No outlaw band, however strong, can or will long defy the law when a firm and determined move is made to enforce it. Why is it that one courageous blue-coat policeman can scatter a crowd? 
it is not his bulk his figure but the uniform he wears the badge of authority the law if he is a credit to that uniform he may single-handed disperse a mob the consciousness of having the law behind him makes him dauntless the thought of duty steals his nerves if those entrusted with the execution of the law in perry county had made one firm unflinching effort to upload its dignity the period of assassinations would have ended then and there the history of lawlessness in perry county furnishes ample lessons to other counties and to other states for that matter governor buckner aptly expressed his opinion of the situation when he terms the fears and alarms of the people as anything more than a vague apprehension in the public mind judge lilly probably accepted the trembling cowardice of a few as the criterion by which to measure the manhood of an entire county however on the twenty ninth of october the governor notified the adjutant general to forward troops to hazard his report to the governor later on furnishes interesting reading as does the report of the commander of the expedition captain j m sohan adjutant general's office frankfort kentucky november fourteenth eighteen eighty eight to his excellency governor s b buckner dear sir pursuant to executive order Bearing the date the twenty-ninth alt, I left Frankfort on thirty-first and proceeded to Hazard, the county seat of Perry County, arriving there noon of Sunday, the fourteenth instant, where I remained till Thursday, the eighth, when I left on my return at ten o'clock a.m., arriving here Saturday morning. Hazard contains nearly one hundred inhabitants, when they are all at home, but I was told that not more than about thirty-five people were at home when I reached there, the rest of the population having refugeed in consequence of the French and Eversole feud, which has distracted the people of the town and county for more than two years, and during which some ten men have died by violence as a result thereof. Many of the refugees returned before I left there, a number having joined the troops en route, and returned under their protection to hazard arriving there on the afternoon of sunday the fourth while others returned sunday night and others as late as wednesday night among those who had sought safety in flight were george eversole county judge and brother to joe eversole the leader of the faction of that name ira davidson circuit and county court clerk a sympathizer with that faction, Josiah Combs, late county judge and father-in-law of Joseph Eversole, and his son, Blank Combs, who is an officer of the circuit court, and Fulton French, the leader of the French faction, together with the families of each, except Davidson, who is a single man. These all returned, except the elder Combs, either with the troops or after their arrival, and before I left. The killings above referred to were mostly assassinations from ambush, which seems to have been the favorite method of warfare adopted by both factions for ridding the community of the presence of persons 
who, from causes real or supposed, had made themselves obnoxious to the slayers. Though one killing, that of Mr. Gambriel, was committed in the town of Hazard in broad daylight by two Eversoles and two of his henchmen, and was witnessed by a number of people, was committed without anything like adequate provocation, but for which no indictment had ever been found. Grand juries and witnesses seem either to have sympathized with the lawbreakers or to have been intimidated by them, but it is not improbable that both of these causes have operated to paralyze the administration of the law and to correspondingly stimulate crime. As is usual in such cases, I found that the county authorities failed to act with any degree of promptness and vigor at the inception of the difficulties and the result was the inevitable one. The troubles soon grew beyond their control. Josiah Combs, the father-in-law of Joe Eversole, was county judge at the beginning of the feud, and Eversole and his friends were evidently the aggressors, at least were first to resort to violence, and when the county judge was appealed to by outsiders to issue warrants for their arrest, positively declined to do so, saying that Eversole had done nothing to be arrested for, and that French ought to be driven away from town. Thus the inaction of the authorities stimulated the friends of each faction, and each sought safety in arming such persons as would take service with them, and setting at defiance the law instead of looking to it as their best protection. Finally, one Sunday morning last April, Joe Eversole, in company with Nick Combs, his brother-in-law, and Josiah Combs, started from Hazard to Hyden to Circuit Court, and when about five miles out from Hazard, they were fired upon from ambush, and Eversole and young Combs were instantly killed. Fulton French was indicted for that killing, and while he may have instigated it, he certainly did not participate in the shooting. The killing of Joe Eversole seems to have demoralized his friends, the most prominent of whom soon after left Hazard. The last assassination was that of Elijah Morgan, who was shot from ambush near Hazard on the ninth of last month. His only crime appears to have been that he sympathized with French. Morgan was also a son-in-law of Josiah Combs, and brother-in-law of Eversole. And now, perhaps, you are ready to ask what it was all about? Well, I cannot say, although I very naturally sought to learn the cause. Some of whom I inquired thought it was business rivalry, while others said there was a woman in the case, and I think it attributable in part to both these causes. French and Eversole were both merchants and lawyers, and I was told that some three years ago a man who was clerking for French accused French of deflowering his wife, and quit French, and took service with Eversole, and told the latter that the former had offered him five hundred dollars to murder him, and soon afterwards Silas Gayhart, who was a friend of French, was murdered, and it is charged by Eversole and his friends, and from that time on the troubles have grown and assassinations multiplied, 
the victims being first from one side and then from the other. I thought it advisable to call out forty-four of the reserve militia, all that I had arms for, and selected these from the best non-partisan people that I could. The list was not complete when I left, but I authorized Captain Sohan, whom I found to be an excellent officer, to muster them in, and gave him similar instructions to those you gave me on the subject. Judge Lilly is very anxious that the troops go with him to Knott and Letcher counties, but I heard of no organized band of outlaws in those counties too strong for the civil authorities, if the latter will do their duty. The troops, officers and men comprising the detail, conducted themselves in a soldierly and appropriate manner, and I apprehend that they will have no trouble in protecting the court from violence should any be offered, which I think improbable. Very respectfully, Sam E. Hill, Adjutant General. End of section 21